Welcome to another episode of the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. A little bit later on in this episode, we're going to be talking to Journey to the Tourney Director Bryce McKee about the upcoming Ohio High School girls basketball season. Um, there's going to be a big tournament coming up at Lakota West the weekend of November 21st. And Bryce will talk about all the top area teams and players that are going to be in that event. And you definitely don't want to miss that. But we are in a new month, November. High school football playoffs are hitting the stretch run here for a lot of these Cincinnati area teams. We have five divisions that are still up for grabs and hoping to get to Columbus for a state championship later this month. And we're going to talk to Anderson head football coach Evan Dreyer as he kind of breaks down the big Division II Region 8 final with LaSalle at Winton Woods this Friday night. Anderson played both teams this season, so uh, Evan has some great insight about uh, what makes both teams go offensively and defensively along with special teams. This High School Insider podcast is presented by our local Greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky Chick-fil-A restaurants. Fall is sweeter with a chocolate fudge brownie or mocha cream cold brew. Get yours today. Well, St. Xavier takes on Springfield in a Division I state football semifinal this Friday night at Piqua High School. And uh, obviously St. X coming off that big 10-7 win at Lakota West in the regional final. Was able to catch up with Bombers head coach Steve Specht after the game. But first, a conversation with Springfield News Sun reporter David Jablonski. I wanted to learn a little bit more about the Bombers' opponent, and David was able to speak with me about Springfield, not only their talent offensively, but defensively as well. Let's take a listen now what he said about this young, talented team. David, thanks for taking a few minutes. How are you? No problem. Thanks for uh, for having me, Mike. I'm I'm doing well. Well, uh, you know, Cincinnati uh, area football fans uh, would be familiar with Springfield given they played uh, Elder in the regional final last year, uh, 31 to 24. Elder uh, won that game, obviously, and ended up being the Division One state runner-up. But uh, I'm just struck by looking at the, the GWAC website, the amount of young talent that is on both sides of the ball. Again, a lot of juniors and sophomores. I mean, um, just give us maybe an overview of uh, the Springfield team and how talented they are. Well, uh, it's been a program that's been building for a number of years now, uh, starting when Maurice Douglas took over uh, – five or six years ago. Um, you know, I go way back with Springfield to the early 2000s and when they had two high schools, North and South, and they merged in 2008. Um, then 2009, 2010 had uh, Trey DePriest, the Alabama recruit to, uh, you know, led them to the playoffs. But then there was some really down years. Uh, um, one win year, I think at least once in there before uh, Douglas took over after success at Trotwood Madison. And he's uh, taken the program to new levels. You know, they talk about unfinished business because of that loss to Elder last year. And, um, you know, this looks like a team. Of course, they're going to be facing some big boys here this, this week and certainly in the state championship game if they get there. But it looks like a team that, you know, could take that next step and, uh, and win uh, Clark County's first state football championship. Clark County has never had a state football championship. Obviously, it'd be very significant indeed. Uh, 19 to nothing win over Olin Tangy Liberty last week in the regional final. And, um, Maybe give us a sense of a lot of uh, standouts that, like I said, that some uh, Cincinnati area football fans will be familiar with. Uh, junior quarterback Tayshawn Smoot, he's thrown for over 2,000 yards, uh, 23 touchdowns. He's rushed for 498 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about him and how talented he is for their Yeah, offense. it all starts with him. He may be the best uh, quarterback I've seen in the county um, in almost two decades of covering high school football. And I was talking to one of the uh, college coaches recruiting uh, – Friday night on the sideline, and he he kind of uh, agreed with that. Uh, um, there's been some good ones, uh, but uh, he has a 
really taken this program to a, a new level. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons. He can run it. He can throw it. Um, you know, their only loss uh, was to Northmont, an undefeated team, and they were up 28-7 to in the first quarter in that game. Uh, had like three touchdowns in the first couple minutes, I think, uh, maybe in the first four minutes. You know, they scored early. They scored often. Still up 28-14 in the fourth quarter before Northmont, a really good team, uh, staged an amazing comeback. And they, they would have met um, two weeks ago, uh, but Northmont had to forfeit because of a COVID case. So, yeah, we'll never know um, what would have happened in that game. So Springfield got a little bit lucky in, in, in that regard, but they were certainly capable of beating Northmont uh, if they'd gotten a second chance. But, yeah, Smoot uh, is very impressive. He's only a junior, uh, took over as a starter last year. Um, his top receivers are Ben Van Nord and Anthony Brown. Um, you know, a lot of guys touch the ball, but uh, those are the guys who uh, get in the end zone the most. You mentioned that Northmont playoff game uh, from a couple of weeks ago that was canceled. And, uh, you know, every team, it seems like in the state of Ohio, has had this unique season and, and has been affected one way or another, whether or not they've had to cancel or forfeit a game. You know, uh, obviously everybody is in different situations. But uh, how do you think Coach Douglas and maybe the Springfield team, um, you know, how did they use that extra week to maybe – uh, help them in this playoff run. I mean, obviously, you got to be ready for anything at any moment during this entire season. What did Coach Douglas say about that? Well, he told me he went on that Friday night and paid the nine ninety nine or whatever it costs to watch the game on the, the OHSA website so he could uh, scout Olentangy Liberty. So, uh, yeah, they were very disappointed to not get a play, and they were very disappointed for Northmont, too, because uh, I know Douglas knows a lot of the coaches on that staff. Tony Brewer in the Northmont coach used to coach uh, Springfield South High School, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, and he knows a lot of guys on uh, Springfield staff, and I think maybe even coached a couple of them uh, during his time at Springfield. So there were there was uh, you know a lot of sad feelings on both sides. But you're right, every week is a gift if you get to play. Um, it's I went through all the brackets last week to see how many games have been forfeited in the playoffs, and it was only five percent of uh, however many games it was. So you know most games are getting played. Northmont was by far the most high profile team uh, that had to cancel. Most of the teams that have had to cancel are double digit seeds. But you just know it can happen. It's 2020. It would be really bad uh, if it happens at this point in the playoffs. Definitely. Defensively, what do you see uh, from uh, this team? Well, they were great last week. Just did not give Owen Tangy anything. I mean, their only positive play was really a, a fake punt that extended their first drive, and that drive ended up going nowhere anyway. Um, and uh, Joe Kel Brown was really good, one of the defensive linemen, guy who was, uh, who was out earlier in the year um, with an injury. Um you know, Delian Bradley is one of their guys in the secondary. I've seen him come up with a couple picks this year in the games I've seen. Uh, but, you know, it's a team effort, a lot of big dudes, a lot of guys who can play. Um, and, uh, yeah, pretty impressive to shut down Liberty, which hadn't been shut out in uh, more than two years. Any other thoughts on uh, on this team? And, and I don't know if you had a chance to speak with Coach Douglas yet. We're recording this on Monday. Uh, no, I'm talking to him Wednesday, so I haven't talked to him this week. Um, okay. But, uh you know, we we didn't know uh, who they were playing when I talked to him after the game Friday. Uh, yet got, hadn't yet got the final score on uh, CNX or Lakota West, but I think they know uh, <laughs> these are the toughest games. Uh, I'm sure they saw that last year with Elder. You know, teams that have won state championships like Xavier and uh, Pick Central on the other side of the bracket. Uh, so Springfield is uh, entering uncharted territory. Um, last year was their first state semifinal appearance. So if they can get past that, that game, it'll be a huge step for the program and the uh, There'll be a lot of excitement in Springfield, even if you know it's only family and friends going to uh, going to the games. It'll still be a, a big uh, moment if they can get there. David, really appreciate your time and perspective. Where can people follow all your coverage? Uh, SpringfieldNewsSun.com, and we got all the area playoff coverage on uh, DateDailyNews.com as well. Journal News too uh, for teams closer to Cincinnati. 
Great. David Jablonski, appreciate your time. Thank you. No problem. Well, obviously, this is going to be a, a great matchup on Friday night there at Piqua High School as David broke down the Springfield football Wildcats and uh, their quarterback, Tayshawn Smoot, the junior. He is definitely one to watch. Was able to catch up with St. Xavier coach Steve Specht after the Bombers' big win at Lakota West. This was a nail-biter till the end. Uh, uh, 31 seconds to go, the Bombers scored on a uh, Liam Clifford touchdown reception. But uh, Steve not only talked about that game, but how much this season has been unique for St. Xavier. I've said it from the beginning, from the outset, I'm, I'm just very grateful that we were able to play a football season this year. I think our kids have done a tremendous job of, you know, we like to talk about clearing the mechanism and getting rid of the outside noise and just focus on coming in, giving your personal best, be your best every day. Don't worry about anything else. And these guys have done a great job with that. So proud of the senior class. There's only 22 of them, but they've taken owners. So they're the Warriors. I told them way back when it's the smallest senior class we've had in my tenure, and they are Warriors. And uh, just how they battled through all this has been tremendous to see where we are right now. Well, you heard from St. Xavier coach Steve Specht, obviously, about that big matchup this Friday night at Pickle. There's another big matchup, and uh, as we all know, Divisions 2 through 7 are a week behind from Division 1, so we're talking about the Division 2 regional final in Forest Park this Friday night as LaSalle takes on Wenton Woods, and a coach who knows both these teams very well was Anderson coach Evan Dreyer. Let's take a listen to see what he says about this matchup. Evan, thanks for taking a few minutes. How's your week going so far on this Monday? It's great to talk football anytime. Uh, especially after the Bengals win and uh, huge Bearcats win. There we go. Great weekend for, uh, for those teams, for sure. But, um, well, obviously, uh, Anderson played at LaSalle last week in a Division II Region Eight semifinal, and uh, LaSalle won 55-30. to 30, But uh, definitely wanted to highlight uh, your team, uh, Anderson football program, the fifth consecutive season of at least seven wins on the year and uh, we're going to talk about uh, your season here in a little bit, but uh, definitely want to mention, I mentioned this over the weekends, your senior quarterback, Jackson Kuhn threw for 505 yards in that Friday night game there at Lancer stadium. And uh, he unofficially entered the OHSA record book for the most passing yards in a single game. The minimum is 500 yards and obviously passed that. So 44 of 73 for 505 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, I'm going to talk about your team here in a second, but uh, can you just talk about Jackson, not only what he meant Friday night for you guys, but uh, his entire season, maybe his entire career as well. Oh, I think the biggest thing is that uh, Friday night just showed how good Jackson was uh, throughout his career here. And I'm very happy that he got to end his career uh, on a high note. I know we didn't win the game, but uh, LaSalle's defense is really, really good. And we were able to do some things against them. And uh, now the two best teams in our region get to play on Friday nights. Um, but uh, Jackson was injured as a junior um, and didn't get to play his last two games. And I'm very happy that he got to play all 10 games this year, stayed healthy, and uh, was able to catapult us in the regional semis. Uh, through a pandemic, uh, he was very close to Coach Lenza, who passed away. And he was able to fight through adversity and uh, – to get our team to where it was, uh, hopefully it's a great memory as he walks down his path of life. Well, I uh, was able to highlight, fortunately, uh, him earlier this year on WCPO and uh, great rapport with his dad, Doug Kuhn, 
Uh, and in your words, uh, Jackson uh, bleeds the orange and black and certainly uh, showed that throughout his entire career there within the program. But uh, as I mentioned, uh, fifth consecutive year of seven or more wins for, uh, for the team, Evan. Um, I know a very unique season. We've talked about it at length uh, in previous interviews and stuff like that. But uh, when you look back at this season, um, what are you most proud of from the program? Oh, I, I think uh, without a regular offseason to fight to get the seven wins, uh, when we uh, were returning very little on defense and we we're returning very little on the offensive line to be able to compete in our league, you have to control the line of scrimmage. And we did a really, really good job of that um, throughout the year. And we improved, Mike. I think the biggest thing is that we had two devastating losses for Twin Woods and Kings in the beginning, and we were able to keep improving. And that just shows signs of uh, how much our kids love our program and we're committed to uh, daily improvement. Uh, so to get to seven wins after the adversity we fought uh, this year uh, was outstanding. I think our senior leadership was great. And, uh, you know, we came up short versus a really, really good football team that's the defending state champs. And I think our kids can look back on it and be very, very proud of beating Piqua, who was undefeated and it was ranked sixth in the state. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, we, we, we challenged ourselves. We, uh, didn't play great at the beginning of the season, and we improved. I think every coach wants to ha be able to say that to their team and their program at the end of the year. We're going to get to uh, your your take on this uh, big LaSalle Winton Woods regional final here in a quick second. But uh, you had mentioned to me, we talked about uh, the uniqueness of the season and everybody making the postseason and how, you, how much you like that. Uh, you like that everybody makes the playoffs. And I know there's kind of two sides of this. You know, there's some that still say, hey, you know, still like the computer points, the Harbins, as it's been referred to. And obviously in 2021, the plan now is to go from eight teams to 12 teams per region in each division. But uh, give me kind of a summary now that you've kind of completed the season and maybe have you done any convincing maybe from those other coaches who still like the computer points? I think the biggest thing is that uh, to use the computer points, but to allow everybody in, everybody got a choice to be either in the playoffs or not in the playoffs. And I look at the coaches that are against it and say, have you ever been in a small school and had that Hoosiers movie feel where you can compete against anybody. And I bet you some of those coaches that are against it have not. Or as I look in the playoffs, there was a lot of close upsets or upsets in the playoffs that teams wouldn't have been in. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is that I've coached in small school, I've coached in big school, and I would have loved to have a challenge to be in the playoffs. I would have loved to be able to play everybody in the regular season and not worry about the records. I look at, you know, Wooden Woods, LaSalle and Kings and us and everybody else in our region. How cool would it be to have a regular season matchup first to see Wooden Woods versus LaSalle, Anderson versus LaSalle, all those different matchups that nobody gets to see in regular season because you're locked into a conference, you're locked into this and to be able to, everybody makes the playoffs and to see different matchups. Um, and I, I truly liked the different matchups this year. Because, first of all, allowed teams to be really, really into do you want to buy, do you not want to buy. We got to play with row. Other teams took a buy. Um, and then the safety of it, Mike, I think the biggest thing as a coach is that you never rush anybody back from injuries. And nobody really wants to talk about that is that kid gets concussion, but you have to make the playoffs. And you have a hard sell between parents, doctors, everybody else. And I, safety protocol is always number one. Uh, and everything and every student athlete. But I think as coaches, I think we have to understand that 
everybody makes the playoffs. Let the kids sit. Let the make sure, let the kids sit with a sprained ankle, and let's get back to being a great mentor for kids, and not push ourselves about wins and losses. And let's take care of the kid for uh, his entire life. And I think that that's the biggest thing I've learned throughout this year is that you put everybody in the playoffs. The pressure to win every game is still there. The pressure to have to take chances. At some chances you want to take, some chances you don't. And I think I think that's where everybody has to look at it, uh, especially in Division One and you know Region Four. A lot of those guys were like, "Well, I don't want them everybody in the playoffs." Well, if there's a choice, you know, good friend of Western Hills didn't he chose not to get in the playoffs? That's fine. Other teams, you know, when I was at Oak Hills, I would have probably wanted to see what it was like to be in the playoffs to see if how good we are, see if we can make the daily improvement, and then have games afterwards. Um, and I think that's one of those things where leave it up to the coaches because uh, I think the coaches have a great feel of what we want to do and uh, and for our teams and our kids for the future. So just to be clear, you still like the computer points, but would you allow the coaches to vote for the seating as it, as it were, like for this season? Uh, yes, I think the coaches should and the computer points and put us together. And I think uh, we can come up with a great system to see if everybody should be in and uh, choose not to. And I think that there's going to be always those teams that are 0-6, 0-7 that chose not to play. And, like, I think the biggest, coolest thing was, you know, since I public schools wanted to do a city championship, I think that was really, really cool. I think it's outside of the box idea. And I think that's what's best for kids. And kids got an opportunity to compete uh, for a city championship. It'll be interesting to see uh, what the OHSA does when all this uh... – Season is completed and the discussions that go on because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of lively conversations about that. But uh, let's let's talk about this uh, big Division Two Region Eight final. You've played both teams. You have uh, Winton Woods at nine and zero hosting LaSalle. They are seven and two, number one versus number two this week. And uh, I guess let's just start with your most recent opponent being LaSalle. Um, obviously, uh, they had 445 yards rushing. Uh, on Friday night. And um, I guess just give me an, an indication, Zach Branham, their senior quarterback, obviously another outstanding game for him, but uh, offensively, what do you see there? And uh, maybe talk about their defense. Cause I know their secondary has been in the spotlight all year. Oh, I think Zach Branham is very, very, very underrated as a quarterback. His ability to run the football is spectacular. Mike, he can throw the ball just good enough and his ability to run and lead a football team is really, really special. He reminds me of a smaller Tim Tebow because he's very good in the open field, but as well as third and two, he does a really good job with his pad level to get the first down. And I think their slew of running backs led by Payne, who didn't play very much and is going to get healthy. I think everybody's waiting to see if Payne's going to come back for this week's game or not. And uh, I think that is key as well as I think they put a lot of DBs on res- in receiver uh, points of the game to get the ball in open space. I think Zach's going to be able to get the ball to those guys and uh, see if he can make enough plays. Defensively, I think LaSalle, um, I think their defensive line is really, really good against the run and uh, it held us to less than like 20 yards rushing. I think their DBs do a great job of filling the alley and they had maybe one or two missed tackles the other night, Mike, and we couldn't get enough yak after the catch um, the other night. So I think their DBs versus Woodenwood's run game of being able to contain explosive plays is going to be really key uh, for them as as they face the Warriors. And you faced Woods uh, there in Forest Park in late September, 48-13 on uh, Woods. But, uh, 
you know, uh, you only had 33 pass attempts in that game, <laughs> uh, having compared to 73 on Friday night. But the, all kidding aside, um, Winton Woods obviously have an outstanding season. Uh, Michael Wingfield, their three-year starter, their quarterback, uh, had 122 yards uh, passing, two touchdowns. He also um, uh, he already rushed for 122 yards and he threw for 180 yards in that game. But uh, what do you see from Winton Woods on both sides of the ball? I think Winton Woods' passing game versus us was really, really good compared to what we saw on tape, Mike. And I, I think Winfield does really good things. I think he's going to have to control the game. I think if he has any turnovers, uh, LaSalle is going to beat him. Uh, but he, his ability to get first downs, he had an explosive run against us on a third and eight, Mike, that it was a spectacular play. But I, I think the biggest thing is, is Wingfield versus Zach of who wins the game without having turnovers is going to be key. Um, but – like, I, I think Wingfield does a really good job in their spread offense, and he gets under center and runs some triple option. And I think it's going to be key of what LaSalle wants to stop and contain. And uh, I think also Wooden Woods has two or three playmakers that are really, really special that uh, people don't talk about. As I think Spikes is really, really good in open sure. space. Um, and I think it's going to be LaSalle's DBs. Do they contain Spikes? Do they get him to make it second along or – does he get explosive plays to get in third and short, third and short? And uh, that's going to be fun to watch. And then defensively, Witten Woods does a great job with the defensive back play, but I think uh, their linebacker, uh, number nine, is really, really good as well. And Booker up front, you can't move him, and I think that's going to be the key of LaSalle. LaSalle does a great job with their zone schemes, and uh, if Booker's going to make plays at number nine, uh, they're really special. I think the DBs are going to challenge LaSalle's receivers. So LaSalle's receivers got to be able to make plays um, against uh, that, that great defensive back group. What's your prediction, Evan? I think the prediction comes down to um, Wingfield or Brandon making a play in the fourth quarter. I think it's going to be really, really close because I looked at all the scores coming back. It's always been a close game. And, uh, I think it's going to be one of those things where it, they're going to have a senior moment, Mike, and the winner is going to have the quarterback, the last one with the ball or driving um, to make a play. And I think the kicking game is really, really good for Wooden Woods. I think their kicker is unbelievable, and as well as LaSalle as a sophomore kicker. So the special teams are going to play a key role into it because Wooden Woods has scored um, on punt returns and block punts, and LaSalle is just steady – and they're a GCL team. They've fought through that wrecking crew of a schedule. So uh, there's no prediction for me, but I'm telling you, one of the senior quarterbacks is going to have a special moment on Friday night. And, uh, we can't wait to watch it. Great analysis and perspective here from Anderson head football coach, Evan Dreyer. Evan, really appreciate your time as always, and uh, best of luck to you and your program going forward. Thanks. Well, as you can tell, a ton of great matchups this weekend, and we'll have all the bases covered for you in regards to the football playoffs. I want to remind everybody this High School Insider podcast is presented by our local Greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky Chick-fil-A restaurants, where the winning play is always chicken. Log into the Chick-fil-A app for easy ordering. So I want to look ahead a little bit to the Ohio High School girls basketball season. I was able to do catch up recently with Journey to the Tourney director Bryce McKee as he talked about all the great matchups coming up in a few weeks at Lakota West. Good. Well, Bryce, just tell me a little bit about uh, this upcoming season. As we all know, in every high school sport, it uh, doesn't matter what season, it's all been unique uh, this entire year. But, uh, you know, it seemed like we were just talking about the state tournament. 
a few weeks ago or maybe a few years ago, how, however you uh, look at it. But uh, here we are again on the brink of another season. And uh, what are your thoughts about this uniqueness of this uh, this winter? Yeah, I mean, obviously last year ended, you know, in a way that none of us wanted. Um you know, but, you know, it's obviously important to put health and safety over everything. Um, there were some awesome matchups that would have taken place. And so I know a lot of those similar teams are excited to get back on the court and, you know, prove themselves again, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I think we're a lot, we're typically always talking about the same powers, you know, in the different areas and stuff like that um, with a couple new teams here and there up and coming. Um, but it should be a really competitive season in every division. Uh, we're really excited about Journey to the Tourney to kick it off with a lot of the top teams, both in the area and statewide. Um, I think we have the favor there in Division One, Two, II, and Three at least. Um, and so, you know, we're just excited to be back on the court. You know, it's going to be different. I think everyone knows that and understands, you know, there will be spectator limits everywhere, and there's going to be times where games get canceled and moved and rescheduled and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think it's just important that we all stay as flexible as we can to allow the players to have a season um, and do what we can to help them do so. Great. Uh, I might use a lot of this, obviously, later on, too. So give me um, kind of a summary of the journey to the tourney and what you like most about the schedule and obviously the powerful teams that are coming in. Yeah, so we originally were going to do two days, um, and we decided, uh, with the help of Scott Kaufman there at Lakota West, that we should spread it out, do a couple games on Friday to make the games, have some more time in between. We're going to clear the building after each game and re-enter so we can clean after each game. Uh, we moved the JV games over to the freshman building just to give us more space spectator-wise and all that. Um, but the group of teams is awesome. I mean, we have some great local teams, your typical Cincinnati Powers, Mount Notre Dame, Lakota West, um, Mason, um, some great Dayton teams per usual. And then, um, you know, Roger Bacon should have a great year in Division Two. And um, we have Laurel coming from Cleveland in um, Division Two as well, who's probably the favorite. Um, Berlin Highland has to be the favorite in Division Three this year. Um, Columbus Afrocentrics right on their heels. They're a little younger this year, but they have a ton of talent. Um, and it works out to have some different teams. We've, um, to my knowledge, never had um, Waynesville there. It's been a couple of years for Minster. Um, Magnificat coming down, who had a regional-type team last year in the Cleveland area. Um, Reynoldsburg being back, all that kind of stuff. So some really good matchups. And we also have a team from Canada called Royal Crown Academy, uh, who has, I believe, four to five players, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, or above. Um, two of them are committed to Syracuse. So they have a ton of talent. Um, so that should be a lot of fun seeing them walk in the gym and kind of like Hamilton Heights in the past. You know, we don't always see that around here. So some great matchups, some great players, teams and coaches. And again, we're just really excited and happy to be back on the court. Great. Um, obviously, uh, around here in Division One, Mount Notre Dame, I think the, the discussion starts and stops with, with the Cougars and uh, a lot of unfinished business. Got to catch up with Scott Rogers yesterday. And, you know, he says it's not just us. It's a lot of teams will use that as fuel for – uh, this right. upcoming season, 28-0. Um, what do you think uh, of them returning? Obviously, KK, Layla, uh, but what, what's the uh, – how talented is this group, I guess, returning? Yeah, I think Layla has been one of the more underappreciated players around the state. You know, she, she's just really good. I, I don't know how else to say it. Um, she rebounds extremely well. Her mid-range is really good. Um, she's really improved her outside shots. So I think she's an elite player in the state. And then KK, obviously everybody knows about, um, I think it'll be interesting this year, um, without Makaira there to see how people's roles change and how long that takes them to adjust to that. Um, but they have a ton of talent. They have one of the best coaches in the state, um, you know, in a tradition that just is really unmatched. So 
you know, they're going to have another spectacular year. They start off actually with the Canada team Royal crown at journey to the tourney and then follow back up with Laurel, the favorite in division two. So um, should be a challenging schedule for them early, but you know, as we've seen in the past, they're more than capable of handling it. Hey, what about in the GMC? Obviously Lakota West, Princeton, Mason, I mean, it goes on and on. Always a battle for that, that ultra competitive conference. Yeah. Um, you know, Princeton's post player, Kyla transferred over to Mason. Um, so Mason probably would be the favorite there with her and Margo. Um, really good, you know, combination of talent there. Coach Matula does a great job. Obviously, Lakota West has Chance Gray, one of the best players in the state, and can really score and put up big numbers. Um, so those would probably be the two favorites there. And then Princeton right on their heels. Soleil Williams, one of the best um, sophomores in the country. Um, so she can definitely carry a team there as well. So those would be the big three per usual. Uh, I think Mason probably has the edge and is probably the team this year that can challenge Mount Notre Dame regionally. Anybody else in Division One you want to mention in the ECC or um, Loveland or anybody else? Not really. All good. All good. I got you. Uh, <laughs> D2, I mean, Roger Bacon, you have uh, Clarissa Craig going to UC, and then you have um, uh, name escapes me now. Kylie Shepard going to Providence. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about their – I mean, they were right on the brink of a regional title last year. What do you think of uh, the talent for Joe Finnegan returning? Yeah, I think um, Joe does a really good job. Um, they're going to be challenged right out of the gate. They play Berlin Highland. Um, they were in Division Three then at Journey to the Tourney. Um, ton of talent. I mean, I think they have the most talent division-wise in that area for sure. Um, you know, the only Division Two team probably with similar talent would be Laurel and Cleveland. Um, so they have to be probably the favorite in the area. I think, you know, they got to get over that hump. Um, you have some great other teams regionally with Dayton Carroll and other people that have had some, you know, really positive tournaments and Alter is kind of on the upswing, I think, again, too. Um, but Roger Bacon is the, you know, team that has a chance to really make a run, you know, if they're playing well at the right time of year. Great. Anybody else that I'm missing, D2 or D3? Okay. Gotcha. What about just um, you mentioned all the, you know, the uniqueness and, and just getting back on the court and how excited everybody is. I mean, is there's just um, is it a cautious optimism? Is it, uh, hey, we're going to get this done, even if there's, you know, 300 people in the gym, which is the limit for everything? Or what, what are the coaches saying? What are you hearing, I guess, around the state? And more than anything, everybody just wants to play. Um, I think everyone is going to have to be, again, really flexible with schedules and things changing and, you know, different recommendations from the state and things like that um you know even we feel really good about the season starting on time but even in the last week the numbers have you know risen fairly dramatically which is concerning um you know and again like a journey to the tourney we're really excited to host the first fairly large tournament you know in the midwest or, lo or further out even but it's also a you know all eyes will be on us to make sure we're following everything and doing things the right way and all that so you know, I think everyone just needs to follow the guidelines that have been put in place, and that's what we can do, um, you know, to protect the players and the coaches and officials and everybody. Um, you know, I think the general sentiment is if parents and family can watch the kids play, you know, the worst-case scenario, then at least the kids get to play. So, you know, you're going to have your casual fans who want to come sit there all day, you know, and watch. You know, we might not have as much as that of that this year, those possibilities. But, you know, if people can get in there – 20, 22 games, whatever, and we have a tournament, I think everybody will be pretty happy. Great. What year is this for Journey to the Tourney? I believe five. Okay. Great. Right. We get to uh, stop the road to the shot, and now we have to say road to UD. UD. <laughs> exactly. Anything else you want to mention? Or 
I didn't really um, ask no, we're, we're going to put out the classic in the country schedule in about a week. Um, that's also really, really good. Um, you know, different regions, so different type of teams, but all the same type powers. Um, I think it'll be a really competitive year in every division, and you know, hopefully, we all get a chance to play and keep playing. Yeah, awesome, good stuff. Well, certainly, we will continue to watch the uh, Ohio high school girls basketball scene as it continues to uh, prepare for its season opener the weekend of November 21st. The boys basketball season right around the corner as well. So, uh, definitely a busy time of the year as uh, we get football playoffs and the convergence of the upcoming winter sports season. We'll be sure to check us out on WCPO all weekend. We're going to have all the highlights and interviews from all the top football games. I'm going to be on sports of all sorts with our colleague Reggie Wilson on Sunday night, breaking down all the action and looking ahead to the upcoming week as well. Be sure to check out WCPO.com as we're going to have all the state semifinal bracket pairings and locations on Sunday for divisions two through seven as well. Thanks again for listening. We will talk to you next week.